Hello, good day. Welcome to the Chorus podcast. And so it begins. So it begins. Uh, we are sitting in a home currently sans water. Oh dear. So if you can smell that through the microphone, mm. our apologies. That's um, me. Yeah, that's Stefan. Anyway. Um, I'm Stefan. Hi, that's Stefan. I'm Bruce. We, we are... <laughs> we finish each other's sentences. We talk about... Uh, uh, the Chorus books. Podcast. We talk about books on here. I'm going to be talking about the Cabinet of Linguistic Curiosities. Wasn't there a Cabinet of Curiosities? Probably. What's the Cabinet of Curiosities? Where's that from? I don't know. We'll think about that while uh, we continue. Stephanie um, Pratchett, I think, is a Cabinet of Curiosities. That sounds, that sounds about right. If you know, phone in. 555. Uh, Ronwin Williams will know. 555. I think it's in, it operates in five. L space in the Unseen University's Library. That, makes, that makes sense. The watchful eye. Ronwin, we are name checking you here for an actual comment, so please do comment on the podcast once it's up. We must have young Bronwyn back now that she is a published author. And oh, has she's all sorts of doing things, is that young lady. I'm also going to be talking uh, on my side about Jackie DeShannon. Never heard of her. Which is a problem, but you will now. Um, and uh, a very bad movie and a, and a fairly average movie. Um, it's a very bad movie about uh, shooting people for fun. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that'll, that'll happen a bit later. Um, we're also going to attempt a song which we have quickly strummed through once, uh, but it does sum up Steph's, I think, cu- current view on the water folks who haven't fixed the pipes. Um, and it's called Arguing. Oh um, so it's a song I co-wrote with John Ellis. John Ellis, a lot of you will know as a phenomenal uh, singer-songwriter, guitarist, vocalist. He's yeah. also a poet. And he writes beautiful poetry. Uh, go upon the Instagram and follow him at, I think it's John Ellis Poems. Very good. Um, but this was, uh, he said, through a poem. And I made it into a, a song. So we'll do that a bit later as well. Excellent. What, what are you talking um, about? Because we don't just talk about books, we also talk about things that we've seen. That is correct. Um, I will be talking about the latest slew of Netflix shows Hems. that I've watched, three of them, slew. and um, a movie that I saw. And uh, to make up for the fact that I'm still reading uh, Stephen Fry's <laughs> Fry Chronicles, although I am making Rest good stuff. headway, uh, I'll be talking about far too much music. You said fart. Well. Well. Good. Indeed. Right. So let us jump in. If you do Better want to get in touch, the chorus podcast at gmail.com. That's the best way. The chorus podcast at gmail.com. Um, we are available all over the place. So if you are listening to this on your favorite podcasting service and somebody you know listens to some other podcasting service, just point them in that direction as well. Um, you know, Bruce, I yes. have an email address with one of the earlier other big email thingies you know there was yahoo and what what hotmail and hotmail what, what yeah, not. So, so sort of probably comparable to hotmail mm-hmm. was a, a one called mail.com m-a-i-l okay. just mail.com so i have a, a, a an email address with mail.com and every time i give that email address it, people read it back to me to make sure they've got it and they just say <laughs> gmail.com and i'm like no 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 mail.com gmail.com ah, no 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 like the, the branding no, G, just mail it's terrible but that's a, it's an interesting branding thing because it, it, our brains evolutionarily are getting rewired to just see, I suppose, what is most common, what brand the is most common. homogenization of things. Everything's getting, there's only sort of five companies that produce all the food in the world and yes. only Google is the search bar. Ask dun, 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 dun. thingy have fallen by the wayside, Chrome and, well, you know, there's still the big um, rivalry between Windows and Apple. 
mm-hmm. um, but uh, certainly there's all the any other tech companies that and that's came gone pear shaped. I mean, one's dead, one's divorced or divorcing. Oh, it's all happening there. Um, amicably, by the sound of things. Amicably, amicably, amicably. Yeah. amicably. What did I amicably. say? Amicably. Amicably. Amelie, good movie. Love that a movie. Good movie. What a lovely movie. And uh, a very long engagement with the other pairing of the director and actress. I have no idea what you're talking about. Very good. Right, what are we going to talk about uh, of today's things that we well, made Well, we only about? have one book. Do you want to get that out of the way quickly because we don't really treasure books? Ha ha ha, what a joke, that's, what a joke. That's just them. not lovely at all. All right, evidence so around us to the contrary. On the, on the Twitter, mm-hmm. um, do you follow a chap or a, an account called at Haggard Hawks? Yes, I do. Do, mm. do I still? It's a, it's a sort of word of the day, interesting yes, words, yes, 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 yes. crazy words kind of thing. Indeed, Haggard I do. Hawks, at Haggard Hawks. That's run by a guy called Paul Anthony. I'm going to say the H because I like it. Okay. Paul Anthony Jones. Um, and Paul he's Anthony Jones. Paul Anthony Jones. Oh, I think that the, the Anthony. Anthony scans better, but carry on. I don't care, though. It's, uh, it's my podcast. And Paul Anthony Jones, if you want to <laughs> fight about it. Don't tell me how to you live come, my life. Exactly. You come right here, buddy. Mm. Um, anyway, so the, he's, he's behind that, uh, that account, and he's also uh, the author of this book. Ah, uh, it's my a, a whole book. year's worth of linguistic curiosities just waiting to be discovered. Now, so, Yes. I want to take Carry a on. whole year's worth. What does he mean by that? It took so, him a no, year so, to write no, so or he's, only he's, he's written it as one in, page a day. Ex- well, he's written it as a sort of a one a day kind of a thing, right. a sort of word of oh, the day. Oh, word of the day in exactly. old pulp. Exactly. So, look, I mean, we both have friends where uh, they possibly need a word of the day at least yes. to try and expand their vocabulary. At least twice a day. <laughs> this, actually, this is something I was thinking about. You're reading Stephen Fry and I listened to I listened to that same book on, on uh, audiobook recently. Mm. And I'm, I, I covet very much his, his vocabulary, but it's not only knowing a lot of words, it's, it's knowing how to use them properly and in their most juicy form. Mm, and absolutely, and we he's, are. He's an extraordinary component of, of that. But exponent? Component. You see, I just did the completely mm, wrong thing. Very there. good. He's an extraordinary exponent of that. Um, and books like this show me, A, that I don't have a lot of vocabulary i don't have a very wide vocabulary. words is hard words is hard but also that i were i to remember most of these mm. i don't know that i could uh really uh use them, use them, utilize them. beautifully i could oh, use right, them right, from right, time right, to right. time but i don't know if i could use them beautifully and that makes me sad like you could say here's an interesting so word coffee. instead of saying the confabulance of these mm. linguistic but this is that's what stephen fry does so well it's just yes. it's natural and also, he uses it in such a way so that you can understand what it means. Yeah, from the Even context. if you've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, just, I'm flipping idly through here, and there's twankle, which twankle. is to play idly on a musical instrument. So that's... For reals. For reals. Twankle, I so like that So we will be lot. twankling... Sounds vaguely sexual. It, 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 it does, and uh, in that sense, please forgive us if we twankle together later, oh live goodness. on the mic. Um, oh, yes, but there's, there, are, other kind of there are so, so very many different... Uh, I find that little words, yeah. key image at the top of each section a little bit. It's a different key every too time. Too busy. Oh well, that's no. That then that makes a difference. Then that's fine. Um, but yes, again, I don't know that this is a book for you because you read a lot anyway. No, I and, love these kinds of books. Yeah, but the, I'm interested then because you sort of in, initially scoffed at the the per day per diem word. Um, <laughs> And I think that and the key and the spacing and the layout, I think it's all set up to make people 
who don't necessarily love words as much as we do okay. um, love them a little bit more. I'm looking at Rosie hmm. and uh, I'm reading Pug Nozzle she to move in. the nose and lips like a pug dog. You're not a pug? Well, you may have a bit well, of pug in there. Well, she has Pekingese in her. There we go. Uh, so she's she's quite capable of... Uh, Pug nozzling. Pug nozzling. And also, I hope that was a buckle buster, Stephen, because oh that's goodness. a line in a play that elicits a laugh from an audience. Do they give you the the enunciation, the syllable, the they syllabic emphases? That's what I need so to you, find. So, you could, so do we know it's, pug it's quite possible that, pug nozzle? It's quite possible that you could emphasize the wrong syllable. Syllable, yeah, that's right. Um, which is a problem. Well, it's not. In um, our country, It's you'll hear one. One on the news one day. It'll be 702 Talk Radio, and someone will say, comedy. Yes. And just once. And then suddenly, yes. for the rest of time, everyone in the news is suddenly saying <laughs> they will form a comedy. comedy. And I'm thinking, will they well, look on their said, computers to see if this comedy is coming? There was an on the radio on the way in, which, which, which was advertising a, a accommodation place in the uh, free state. Um, the free state. Yes. So the province, we have a province here in South Africa called the free state. Uh, but that's how I would say it, free state. So well, the emphasis is on the free. Well, well, that's how you say it is one thing, but Correct. if you were to look it up in the dictionary, they give you the, the where that accent. I'm fairly sure, happens. and and the if you're South state. African, you'll know where I'm coming from. I'm free fairly state. sure that the Free State doesn't have that. What is amazing, though, is of course, as we said before, language is alive, and it's mm. amazing how that um, that ear thing, people pick up and go, and and maybe it's a de- defamiliarization thing. They think. Suddenly they hear comedy and it stands out to them because it, they've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And suddenly so it, novelty it catches value. on. Novelty yeah. value is, an, is, a, is a monumentally underestimated um, way of getting something done or, or noticed. Anyway, so back to this it book. It goes viral. Um, Paul Anthony Jones, The Cabinet of Linguistic Curiosities, a yearbook of forgotten words. And basically, if you're vaguely into words... Um, which I think most of you probably listening to this are. What would be the difference between this would be a good thing to the to cabinet of linguistic curiosity and the cabinet of linguistic curiosities? I imagine in the way that he's using it that there would only be one. There would be a single curiosity. Well, curiosity imp- um, implies a myriad yeah, of then it's, interests. Then the cabinet would be standing, would be signifying. Curiosity, hmm. whereas here it's full of curiosities. Yes, 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 yes. I think also I think that's the uh, uh, Victorian usage. This one, um, where you know you, things in, you'd see, things you'd see in in the shrunken heads and whatever you else you stole from John Paul from the Jones. colonies. I'm looking of names that have Pauls and Jones. Oh well, all of the things that you stole from the, cu- the, from colonies, the colonies would be curiosities, hmm. and the the little man that you noble brought savages back, you brought back on the ship would be a curiosity, and so on and so on. But um, yes, yeah, so and whether you like to the our local Sarabartman, correct, it does a story. Whether you like the uh, format here with the per one, one, one per day entry system or not, um, it's obviously a book you can read just cover to cover as you like or you can leave it next to your, your bed dip in and you can do it day to day or you can dip in from time to time it's a very very easy book to much read. like a swimming pool i did and i've forgotten what it was i did find one i hear the factual, dulcet tones of rosie yes, protecting the protecting the uh the property the yes, the um i did find one factual problem Actual like factual, Bruce? An actual factual thing. Uh, anyway, I can't remember what it was, and Everything it's only one, but uh, it did make me doubt a little bit of all the rest uh, of it. Oh, right, right, um, right. So that's a problem. So it but, was uh, definitely incorrect. It, oh, I was fairly sure. Wow. Um, anyway. Rosie. 
Still, is, is this the kind of podcast where one of us just gets up to let the dog out to bark at it the is, perimeter? Apparently, it is, and it probably is also one where if the people come to fix the pipes, um, that's not a metaphor, uh, or a euphemism even. Um, Hello, madam. I'm here, I'm here to fix the pipes. Fix the pipe. um, yes, back to this, which we're struggling to Ignore to my fantastic <laughs> moustache while I fix your pipes. The Cabinet of Linguistic Curiosities, Paul Anthony Jones, well worth it. Also, um, and again, like if, if you if you vaguely in that sort of uh, area of interest, Haggard Hawks with two Gs, Haggard Hawks on Twitter, on the Twitter, um, and that'll also give you. And it's also it's also a YouTube channel, I think. Oh. Haggard Hawks. Um, so Fantastic. go check that out. Lots of lots of fun. Right, that's what I've been reading. All right, very good. Before I prattle on about the plethora of music I've been listening to. Uh, let's talk about what I've been watching since, oh, let's do since that. last We missed last week because you were gallivanting. Yes, I was um, in Cape Town, which is very beautiful. So I've watched some things. Do so, the thing. Uh, I mentioned in our last pod that I was watching a comic book adaptation on Netflix called Deadly Class. Yes. And I must say it's, it's, very, it's a basically a school of teenage assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very dark and explicit in the sense that they regularly kill and... Um, have sex with each other nice if that's your sorry yes um sorry mom but i think it's a very very really really good um adaptation of a comic book okay Uh, i I have to confess i haven't read the comic and and i know they do uh, put in some animation segments uh to tell sort of backstories that i imagine take from the art of the comic i could be wrong there um but it seems that the the massive um, cinematic success of our of the last ten years, which has been comic books on the silver screen, mm-hmm. has now trickled down into TV. Uh, you know, properly. I mean, we've got yeah. a lot of the. You know, you get the Avengers um, and the Legends of Tomorrow, and all these kind of superhero um, shows on TV now, which have the production value of these movies is fantastic. Um, and Deadly Class was really very very good, very very dark. Um, I wouldn't let my teenage children if I had them watch it but it's really good and it ended on a super cliffhanger Mm -hmm. like you really get to know the characters and then something happens at the very last scene where you're like what so I'm sure there will be a follow up to that and um, very soon after Deadly Class the next sort of thing that was suggested to me which is another new show is something called Jupiter's Legacy which is another superhero show um, starring Josh Duhamel uh, if that's how you pronounce his yes. surname, and Leslie Bibb and and others come back from somewhere because he doesn't do a lot anymore. Yeah, I mean he was in uh, Transformers as one of the soldiers and so on. Um, uh, so quite a, like a very good cast. In fact, um, the guy who played Princess Margaret's photographer husband yes. boyfriend in the in the early iteration of the Crown is uh, Matthew Good. Okay, he's very good, and he, he, <laughs> is. Uh, he plays he the brother there. But anyway, it's it's the, a group of superheroes. There's six of them, I think, originally, who are now um, sort of getting older, approaching mm. old age, and their their children are also superheroes. And it's a sort of a deconstruction of family relationships, and there's a, a quite an old trope that they're exploring in terms of a code of we've been get with great power and mm-hmm. great responsibility. Yes. It's the same thing. They, they, their code that they it's decided... the great philosopher Spider-Man once said. Exactly. Their great uh, code is they won't take a life. Okay. Now, there are villain superheroes as well. Bastards. 
but they don't kill they're not allowed to kill them oh. that's their code and now the younger generation and the world is changing and people are getting more savage and and so it's like and, british cops versus american cops exactly and now the the <laughs> uh, the american uh, bad guys are starting to kill the british cops because they won't so the american cops force. are the bad guys i don't they kill people let's uh, g- okay let's let make it less political back. okay um, but yeah so so there's that and then at the same time they're flashbacks to the origin story of how these original superheroes became superheroes it's a little bit kind of slow at times and then very very um, action-packed at other times I, I quite enjoyed it. it's also based on a comic um, some other people I've chatted to have sort of started watching and it didn't really take for them but um, I, I quite liked the flashbacks that sit in kind of the the, the, the stock exchange crashing and mm. the depression um, I like the sort of olden day period Isn't that interesting thingies. though that you can in a circle of friends you can you can, and, and this is how streaming seems to work more than old-fashioned TV, if you like. Yeah. Based, oh, I'm, I've finished this. Now, what should I watch? That's what somebody yes, would say. Yes, yes, yes. What are you watching? Tone of voice on mm. Facebook. Um, and what are you watching? Give me Go, which I don't like the Go. Don't tell me what to do. Anyway. Oh, yeah, no. Don't tell um, me how to live my life. Yes, exactly. But, uh, and so this, these will all be people from your background, in your circle of friends, people you yeah, have you things think in we common, have common with. with yeah. and, and then you start watching what they recommended and you think, and at, I'm sure the best, same for them. They're at like, best, mm. you think this is incredibly boring. Yeah. Um, I find that absolutely fascinating. And, and also just the stuff they really do like. And you're going, there are some possible psychiatric issues now. And I think also there's that thing of, of um, your f- this frame of mind and where you are in your life um, that affects. Like I've seen movies that I've thoroughly enjoyed when I've watched them. And then I watch them again later in a different headspace. And yeah. I'm like, what did I ever see in this? So yeah. that also... Anyway, Jupiter's Legacy. I, ugh, I've always been into comics and superheroes, and I think, um, I think Watchmen probably Alan Moore's um, seminal. Oh, what a terrible word. Work um, full of semen. Yeah, was was the first time um, <laughs> the, with the deconstruction of the superhero, the going into the psychology, the asking of the questions. Oh, you're all powerful. What stops you from you know killing everyone and taking over the world? Which yeah. is an, another show called The Boys uh, does very well as well. Um, so there are a few of those that I think are quite fascinating. I think comic books are uh, the issues that comic books and graphic novels and these things have been dealing with are very much the future of what our um, visual media is going to be. They, they have been the bravest in terms of dealing with really, really heavy things that I think um, mass media, which is often financially geared to the lowest common denominator mm. but not always but quite so, a lot sorry you say, you're saying sort of ethical issues moral issues yeah like I mean look at Watchmen it's like taking the, everything was Superman and Spider-Man here I yeah, come yeah, yeah. to save the day and then Alan Moore was like well what happens if we look at the psych what if one of them is a bit abusive and, and hits his girlfriend what mm. if you know yeah. they have issues that are to do with this power and how it's corrupted them and they are uh, Batman is another great one. You know, Batman was always, he's a mercenary, you know, he's not, yeah. he's above the law. He also had a rule that he wouldn't kill, but then eventually um, kills the Joker at one point. It's a massive Spoiler thing. alert. Goodness. Well, in various timelines, there's so many different <laughs> iterations of this. One of the concepts of Batman, um, when you, or whatever. So it's very, very interesting. It's, it is interesting now that the successful super, like Watchmen was relatively successful. Mm the movie Zack Snyder did um, 
so now we kind of see these tropes being acted out again and again and again but there are many i mean there's a comic book series called 100 bullets that i think will make the most incredible tv show there's the unfilmable epic called transmetropolitan hmm. which i'm convinced in my lifetime will become terry gilliam's listening he's gone unfilmable cool. yeah <laughs> really <laughs> challenge accepted <laughs> and the studio is going do yeah, we have no, 50 no. billion we yeah. can just throw pour out on the moon um anyway so jupiter's legacy and deadly class are both comic book adaptations and i, I quite enjoyed them Lovely. um then this weekend <clears throat> i found myself with some <clears throat> time to watch and my wife went to bed and I thought let me see if I can watch something mindless and I chose um, Army of the Dead nice. which is a zombie movie on That's a, is that a brand new one yeah brand yeah, new one it's it, uh, Zack Snyder so Zack Snyder uh, did a reboot of um, is it George Ramirez who did the original yes, yes, Dawn yes. of the Dead yeah. and or the zombie thing um, it was written by James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy which I'm a big yes. fan of and I haven't seen the, the, the first one Zack Snyder directed um, which was I think Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead anyway Army of the Dead is an, a new one that he Zack Snyder's done he actually wrote this one wrote this it's based on a story that he wrote he directs it he I think he even is in charge of the cinematography while okay. he was directing it so it's very much his project stay it stars dave batista yes another big, big strong chap. wrestler turned yes head um, like a actor cannon, head like a rest, cannonball actor slash wrestler in that order yes. <laughs> not really uh, but he was in guardians of the galaxy so that's probably the connection there but there are a few um other people in it um ignacio from uh, nacho <laughs> libres uh, one of the the ladies in it uh Zack Snyder, of course, has of course. always been visually astounding. Um, 300, mm. Sucker Punch, Watchmen, you know, the things that he's done is always... He, he's been criticized a little bit in terms of... Uh, he's also done Justice League, so he's done a few um, superhero things. Criticized a little bit in terms of um, plots and character development, that, which just in terms of the, the visual um, aspect of it, kind of has to suffer a little bit mm. but he gets better and better and better every time i see one i think well at least this one had enough of to kind of sink your it teeth to nibble on i'm going to chat about that as well it's just, i think yeah. this is probably one of his better ones in that sense there are a few kind of little storylines running through that do that give the audience something to emotionally hang on but it is visually incredible uh, zombies in Las Vegas so there's a kind of a zombie apocalypse <laughs> that gets yeah. contained within the city of the Las Vegas that's now having to be nu nuked and they've got to go in and steal money before the bomb drops well of course and an interesting so what thing, you want is a big budget when there's nothing to spend it on exactly now I'm not sure about the of the dead series whether this actually happens but interestingly in this one um, within this zombie community um, you get this this one type of zombie that seems to have developed past the brainless flesh eating so nice. there's this one sort of zombie king and he takes a queen and then she is you've, well there's spoilers but you know there's, he gets upset when something bad happens to her and you see him kind of crying and they're clever and they can strategize so yeah a whole new kind of zombie which you know fine whatever um, so it's important to develop so zombies, army of I the think. dead is sort of uh, visually zombies are people too well are they uh, well, most people I know don't have brains, so I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, I think visually escapist, um, you know, lots of gore and uh, a zombie tiger mm. and things like that. Are fantastic, you know, one of Siegfried of and Roy's yeah, yeah. tigers yes. that have escaped. Ah. So uh, it's quite um, 
good in that sense, I suppose. Or if you, I'm, I, I'm not sure if you're a big fan of the of the dead movies, whether you'd consider it sacrilege or whether you might enjoy it a little bit. But it's very kind of colourful and big. It's thing. bright and bright and. And then the cheery. last thing that I will just mention, and I'm overcompensating again for not having introduced anything to read, but my wife and I have discovered a charming sitcom that I highly recommend. Mm. It's called Kim's Convenience. Okay. It's a Canadian show and it's an um, oh, great Canadian a, show. An immigrant show. So it's a Korean shopkeeper with a convenience store on the corner. Yeah, yeah. And it's the really kind of centers around the dad who we've seen this before. He plays the gruff traditional Korean who okay. has his yes, very yes, set yeah. views. And the mom is very sweet as well. And then there's the son and the daughter. Who's inter- who are busy integrating in well, some way. Yeah, who are far more sort of um, Americanized or Canadianized, I guess you'd say. Um, but Mr. Kim particularly is hilarious. The The dialogue is great. The, the yeah, very, very sharp, um, quick, uh, funny, um, like me laughing out loud. You, Fantastic! It's great. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really you're recommend. You're a miserable bastard. I, yeah, so I think there. I think there's more than one season. I think maybe three or four. Kim's seasons. convenience. Kim's convenience. Again, you never know. I recommend that you might watch a thing and think, "Oh, this is ridiculous," but I think it's just Fantastic. hilarious. Um, the way they deal with. But also, I love. I love things. the fact that it's it's that different. That you, we, we're going from zombies bombing Las Vegas yeah. to. Uh, yeah, a convenience store run by an immigrant in, in Canada. Somewhere. And it's such a great... So, for instance, in the very first episode, I'll give an example. Um, there's gay pride happening in Toronto. It's set in, in Toronto. And um, one of Mr. Kim's regular customers then brings his sort of boyfriend or acquaintance now. They want to put up a gay pride poster. And Mr. Kim is all about business. He says, no, this poster is not good. He's good. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do the weird uh, Asian yeah, yeah. accent. But he says, no, I'm not putting this up. And they say, what? He says, no, the post is not good enough. And, and then the friend um, accuses him of being homophobic. And now he's put on the spot. So yeah. he says, no, if I was homophobic, why would I have my 50, 50% discount for gays? <laughs> so they're like, really? So word spreads. Um, so after now he's been cleared of being homophobic, they say, please put up a poster. He looks at them, he goes... You can do better. Presses <laughs> <laughs> it back to it. But then everyone who comes in, flamboyantly this graphic artist, yeah, flamboyantly camp and gay guys come in, and Mr. Kim looks at them and goes, "You're not gay." <laughs> and they're like, "What do you mean I'm not gay?" He says, "No, no, I know, I know. I've got very good gay dog. You are not gay." And eventually, oh, like one of the guys, it turns out he's actually confused. He doesn't know if he's really gay. Which now, it's Mr. really, really. Now, gay. Mr. Kim has set him right. Yeah, yeah those, so are, those are lovely. It's it's lovely very, way of dealing with that. Plots, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. So I recommend Kim's convenience. Why are you barking? I think maybe the you're talking about the um, the thing of, of looks versus plot, and that is a massive, particularly in streaming, where there's such a high turnover of films. Um, yes. You know, it, they, they've got to put them out quickly. Um, like out, a fire outside the wire. Is a new Netflix movie I've just watched. And um, it's, it's one of these where, again, it's it's technology is massive. There are a fancy innovation. You know, there's, there's, it's set in the future and there's a war going on and whatever. So uh, there are robot soldiers and all. It's kind of cross between almost kind of Robocop and, and iRobot or something like that. Yes, you yes. know, it visually, visual ideas going on or that thing with... Uh, where Tom Cruise kept dying and coming oh, back. Oh, yes, his day, day after tomorrow, or t- tomorrow One of never dies. No, no, James Bond. <laughs> She's just listing James Bond. Could now. Tom Cruise be James Bond? Oh, that would be He could hectic. be anything he wants. <laughs> okay, big, big fan. Anyway, it's um, so Anthony Mackie stars. Uh, who's Never heard of her. Uh, <laughs> Did the, you say Anthony? Anthony. Uh, <laughs> oh, bastard. 
Um, no, because he's black, so uh, you have to say oh, just the T. Okay, <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, I don't know. We're going into all kinds of tropes here. What now. did Mr. Kim say? Um, uh, pity the fool. Anyway, Anthony Mackie is uh, the guy with the wings in the in the Marvel universe. What's he? Oh yes, yes, um, yes, yes. That guy. You see, I'm a big uh, fan of the Marvel universe. Who's what's Condor Man? I don't know. That guy. Yes. Uh, anyway, America's friend. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, he, love. The point being, very striking guy, lots and lots of charisma. Yes. Almost a sort of a, a Will Smith type person. And this is, this is, as far as I know, one of his first sort of major leads. Okay. And uh, he's very, he's, that, it looks effortless, the, the kind of carrying a film kind of thing. Um, problem is, he's a, he's a, in, the, in the film, he's a, a, a sort of bionic soldier. He's kind of, you know, half bits, bits of human and lots of... of um, cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg and all the rest of it. Uh, he gets to babysit a uh, drone pilot, you know, who's bombing things from a, a container somewhere. Yes, you know, not doing anything, interesting. But who gets into trouble, but is very talented and blah blah blah. And so <laughs> it the, sounds like every teenager exactly now gets into trouble, but is very talented. Now we're on the uh, you know in the Ukraine and we're fighting the civil war and the this and the that. Um, robot soldiers can do good, or they can they can go haywire, all of that kind of stuff. Haywire. And it it all looks very good, but it's it just gets there's there's some corruption going on, and there's this one's trying to cheat that one, and and people are trying to get ahead, you know, unfairly, and da 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 da, and you, you just kind of lose interest. Okay. Um, you're going. This, this looks good, and there's a lot of great action sequences, and Mackie, as I say, has a lot of charm, um, easy to watch, and you know, there's a lot of snappy kind of one-liners and that yeah. kind of stuff, as you know, decent action films usually have. But I, I realized that I, I quite enjoyed it when I watched it. And then I was just going through a list of things I've watched recently, and I kind of I couldn't remember what it was about. Sounds like and me and that's books. I think that's the problem with, and it's not about convoluted. Um, it just doesn't plots. all hang together. It's just, you're just going. I don't. Yeah, you know, I couldn't tell you what you know half of whatever David Fincher's movies are about. You know, oh, I've been watching Love, Death, and Robots presented by him, etc., etc. But but I know that I loved them. You know. Yeah. Whereas this, I'm going. It there were a lot of. You know, it looked great, and there were a lot of clever effects. But I wonder if that's about in, all I can remember. In film school, they must have formulas for this thing. You know, you have your arc that has to go first act, second act, third act. You can decide to do this at the end of the second act or this, and you 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 can have f- like one major plot line, mm. and then you can have three sub plot lines. But they have to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can. Study I'm sure that. they must be. But again, you know, people like uh, what Tenet, What's the guy's name? Christopher Nolan, and yeah. um, there are people who Pushing knowingly the push the boundaries. Uh, Zack Snyder, as you said, is, is mostly a visual guy. Yeah. So I, I think it's about kind of. It's almost about needing to be if, if you if you're not <coughs> wanting to be disappointed mm. up front, which you know sounds sounds logical, but then you're going to have to do your research and go, Zack Snyder's a visual guy, so I'm going to watch this. And there might, there might be a shortfall in the plot, but I'm going to love how it looks. Yeah. And um, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Christopher Nolan is going to confuse me with yeah. some, some different ideas, and I might not understand what's happening, and I'm okay with that. Um, okay. That kind of stuff. So this one, it doesn't quite hit any major marks because, it, because it's, it's doing a lot of stuff well, but none of it terribly well so you know that's not much of a, a, a punt there but outside the wire that's on that's upon the Netflix um, what else uh, is here? I've lost my note now Punished my note there it is um, oh the hunt um, this is, is this a, where on Showmax they, I'm gonna guess now I've never seen this I've never heard of it a man <laughs> is hunted by other men several men are oh. hunted by several other men sounds like um, yes. and it's, you've hunted a bear you've hunted an elephant. But it's have you very, hunted a man? 
<laughs> the ultimate challenge. Stop talking. It's a very, very strange film um, because it's essentially it's rich people who yes. don't like poor people or the, the riffraff. And so just for fun, they, they set up a, a hunt, you know, and we'll just kill them. What? I'm sure so, it happens, Bruce. So, um, I'm sure, sure it does. in the Baltic states um, you can pay. If you've got the cash, you can hunt a man. <laughs> so it's it's got that, that sort of weird horror, but it's almost it's, it's that very kind of uh, modern horror kind of feel where, you know, you're going, hmm. I can understand that this would work at a sort of frat house level. Um, okay. But I'm, and I'm un- uncomfortable that the concept sort of even vaguely makes sense as a story. Hmm. Um, but then, you know, like a lot of things, Battle Royale or a lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, you know, Carpenter movies or whatever, it's the same kind of schlock. Yeah, yeah, it's Lord but, of the Flies. But, but it's very kind of successful and it, it makes a statement to what you were speaking about. It makes a statement visually or it makes a statement stylistically or mm. um, uh, yeah, Dawn of the... Um, what was the original one? Uh, Dawn of the Dead, I think. Dawn Dave of the Dead. The Dead. Dave, uh, Dave of the Dead may have been first. I'm not sure. Those, you know, are still... Influential. That's why we yeah, have movies being made right. about them. Whereas this is kind of you're going. But I don't understand why any of them are doing it. Um, and you know, maybe there's a big enough, certainly in America, niche market for this. Like bands, you can have one sort of hit in the '90s, and you can still be touring now. Yeah, no, um, for sure. So maybe um, there's a big enough, like fan base, even if it's like a cult fan base, to keep churning out those movies and have it, support. Sure. What what worries me then? Because one, once you watch it, your schlock is is about the nicest word you can you can use for it. Um, you know, so it's you you kind of going that wasn't a good use of my time. Even if you like you said last, you, yes, you wanted you yes, wanted yes, to yes, sit yes. down while your wife was asleep and you wanted to watch something mindless. So, but you still you're still looking for something for a purpose. Mm. If you had watched the hunt, I think you would have gone. I didn't have to do anything else with my time. I was looking. I was looking for something mindless. I should have gone to bed. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the issue. It's and again, I mean, amazing people in it. It's got uh, you know Hilary Swank in it for crying oh, out wow. loud. Um, you know, just million dollar baby. Exactly. I mean, Emma Roberts, who's a who's a very talented sort of young actress. Yes, yes, um, Scream Queen. Plays a uh, plays a character called Yoga Pants. Horror story Yoga Pants. Which tells you all you need to know. It's like, how do you recognize... Uh, well, like, and then she's dead. Right. Probably. I, I, I don't know if spoiler that's a spoiler alert. I can't even remember. Everybody gets shot at some point. Um, but it's just... It's, Pon- oh, is this also Netflix? It's this weird, no, this is on Showmax. Showmax. So as I say, something like Battle Royale, which is... Was it Japanese? I think it was Japanese. Yes. Um, all of them. It's that sort of concept. And it's horrifying. And, and, and Lord of the Flies. And it's, it's profoundly yes, 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 yes. boring. But it's, but it's... Yeah, but Hunger Games, again, is, is a take on those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And although it's much bigger and much glossier, it's still looking at the same strange headspace. Here you've got people who are just a bunch of schmucks who are getting, you know, hunted by people who are, Rich. you know, not yeah, you know, not not as empty-headed, but but even worse in every way. Mm. Um, and you're going, and there's there's nobody on screen that you care about at all. I think um, it's interesting that originally it would have been a morality tale. Yeah. So it's like, how bad can people be? Well. They're rich and they'll actually pay to kill someone. Yeah. That's terror. And, that's, and you're supposed to watch that and go, oh, that's Donald that's Trump, terrible. isn't it? I mean, that's or any. But American now president. the movies are are not making an ethical point. Now it's like, yes. that was an interesting movie. I'm going to make my glossy take on it. That's, I think, exactly the point. There is no, there is no point to the movie. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> and then I start thinking as as a, a sort of uh, a consumer of 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 art. I'm going Hilary Swank, for instance. I'm I'm disappointed in you, ma'am. 
why did you take this film? And again, you, you understand that it's it's a gig and that uh, this is how you know, business works. And also, yeah. if you, whatever she is now, 40-something, I imagine, that she might want to to make sure she's still known in, I imagine this is this is aimed at, at college kids and whatever, mostly. Um, yeah, so maybe she yeah, just I keeps, wonder, she keeps her name on the table award, and she? so on and so on. Um, so those kind of things I start thinking about as well. Um, but look, yeah, it's it's pretty American college type people mm. um, getting slaughtered, which you know, in its own way, uh, is quite satisfying, I suppose. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, on Earth, the epitome of of Satan, if you like, is the entitled frat boy. Oh. It, I, I, there are a few that things that which culture. Gi- there yeah. are a few things which give me more genuine chills. So than a, a, a well-off entitled frat boy. Now these kind of things are now in their however manyth iteration in yes. the American um, cinema. In South African terms, we look at something like old what was his name Blomkamp's uh, District Nine. Yes. And go. He's taken essentially an American idea, mm-hmm. you know, an aliens coming to Earth and colonizing us, whatever, and he set it in the dusty streets of larger Johannesburg, and it's it's. Fantastic. I wonder what the South African equivalent of something like The Hunt oh. or Hostel Ooh, I will, or... I will tell you next week, actually, because I, I have seen it, but I want to oh, okay. <laughs> spread them out a bit. But no, these... Oh, no, it's awful. And uh, no, I know... But, um, to do it well, to do it like a District 9, but, like, where would you set this, like, a hunt? Would it be in the Karoo? No, would it be in... I will tell you next <laughs> week. It's great. It, it, it exists, and it's on, it's, oh, it's on screen already. Yeah, um, I sort of get inspired like maybe I should write that and then I think to myself what are you even thinking about anyway <laughs> that's a weird thing right so where are we going next uh, maybe we should uh, strum the old shall we strum something the old gut strings in my case okay I will strum the old steel strings we're going to sing a song for you folks well as I'm I mentioned, not going to sing I oh, okay, no, fair enough. As, sing. as I mentioned this is a song I wrote last year um, with John Ellis this is a podcast that just keeps giving Please, if you haven't, if you don't know John Ellis' songs or you're not as aware of him as you should be, it is entirely your fault. Um, so he what, yeah. is, for First me... while of Tree 63. For me, he's the finest, and I do say that with some thinking involved, the finest rock musician in South Africa. Um, and one of our finest songwriters, one of our finest singers, one of our finest guitarists. So Bruce is playing Maya Martin, D18, Golden Era, 2002. Disgustingly <laughs> beautiful acoustic guitar and I'm playing my daughter's Valencia half-size classical guitar which is much heavier than you'd think but you can't tell that on podcast it's dusty <coughs> I'll come in as as I That's right so this is called it. arguing and uh, yes words no it is <laughs> ah, I yes, see what you did yes, there it is. No. Um, John is also a poet and an excellent poet and a published poet with a book of poems and things please John Ellis poems on Instagram go and check that out because it's well worth following anyway here we go all the world is an extended argument about what Jesus meant or didn't mean whether there were rules or whether God forgot to say to each of us I made you everyone so you'd be better Than other people you'd be 
Waveforms on the recording thing in the water. Let's hope everyone turned down. Well, yes. What are you going to do? We don't. Words is hard, but sounds is harder. <laughs> you heard that here first, folks. Yes, if you enjoy that, uh, stick around. We'll record it properly at some point and oh. charge you for it. Anyway, um, yes. Onwards. What What else have you been listening to? So, it's not even just else. Uh, what do you mean? I don't and what know. have I Carry been listening on. to? So, so many things, he says, as he sends those very things to Bruce. You're going to get a ding, ding on your phone now. Um, okay, so I've been, as I said, kind of compensating for um, not reading mm-hmm. um, by listening to many things. So, I listened again to this podcast, Everyone Loves Guitar, um, which I recommend <laughs> Which to I have not listened to much because I don't want to end up... Every time I Talking listen about to exactly one the same thing. Um, guest, you know, then he'll ask the guests to recommend favorite albums, mm-hmm. and then I'll have another. Anyway, good so homework. I listen That's to good kind of homework. Yeah, a guy called Chris Eldridge. Yes, I know the who name. Who is an acoustic guitar player and probably most famously plays with the Punch Brothers. Uh, okay. The Punch Brothers is a bluegrass band um, together with uh, Chris Thiele. Yes, and Chris Thiele is a busy man. Is yeah. Considered to be the greatest mandolin player to have ever lived. He was a child <laughs> prodigy at 12. He was basically, everyone was just like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, by the time he was 16, he was professional, signed, doing his thing. And he is incredible. And he plays with all kinds of people. Uh, the Punch Brothers, it's a bluegrass mm. sort of vibe uh, with Chris Eldridge uh, playing guitar as well. Then I 
uh, have been aware of Julian Large for quite a long time. Julian Large is essentially a, a jazz uh, kind of guitar player, but uh, more recently, videos of him playing have gone viral on YouTube, and he played a beat-up old 50s Telecaster. Okay. But doing kind of jazzy things um, and sounding a little bit different to the, the the usual jazz tones. But he is fantastic. So I've been listening to a whole lot of his solo albums, and there's an album called Mount Royal, which is Julian Lage and Chris Eldridge playing together. Okay. One on a on a, a D18 or a D, I think it's a D18, and the other on an, a triple O. So two acoustic guitars. Um, and then I've been listening to some of Julian Lage's um Solo albums, Modern Law is great, and he's just released a new one called Squint, which are incredible. Then I listened to a bit of the Punch Brothers, which I found great as well. Um, Chris Thiele has a project called Goat Rodeo. Goat Rodeo. Which features Yo-Yo Ma on the cello. uncomfortable. Yeah, this isn't our first Goat Rodeo. It's their second album. Um, (laughs) So I think the Goat Rodeo Sessions was the first (laughs) one. And Chris Thiele... What is his show? Who's show? Chris's. He's I don't got know. a thing where he hosts. Oh, does he? Uh, it's just I the most amazing surprised. thing. It's a, a, check it out on YouTube. But look him up. But it, he hosts just everybody you've ever wanted. The Mulcart and the Sarah Borellis. Uh, okay. Of, everybody comes on, does a guest spot. It's amazing. So um, he also has a whole thing of uh, Bach, we say in South Africa, the back. Bach, the classical Batch. thing. So he plays a whole lot of classical suites on the on the mandolin. As you do. He's mm-hmm. um, prolific and insanely talented. So I've sort of been going down that rabbit hole of um, the bluegrass guys, Nickel Creek, um, Punch Brothers, um, and uh, Chris Thiele's things here, there, and Addison everywhere. Alison Cross, Addison Union Cross, Station. Yeah, Houston, yeah. Um, her erstwhile husband, great guitar player, was also... I spoke about him earlier. He was also interviewed on Everyone Loves Guitar. Um, so that that is a sort of... Uh, Julian Large, if you're into um, guitar, I recommend him as... Spell the uh, um, L-A-G-E. Okay. Lage, you might be... Um, I think you'll probably hear our trash collectors now in the background. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, the, some YouTube videos have recently come out of his new project. The first one is a solo guitar thing called Etude, and he, he's just the most incredibly technically proficient player. Mm-hmm. But So you can marvel at his technique, but then his tone is also really great. It's like this essentially clean sort of sound, but you can just hear it's on the edge of breakup because every now and then he'll sort of dig in and he'll get a bit of crunch to it as well. So he's got that element to his jazz playing. The tone is quite unique. Um, incredibly technically proficient player but quite a lot of um, melody and soul um, okay. in his playing I really recommend him Julian Large Large and then uh, kind of on the back of one of these guys recommendations what they listen to I've been getting into Daniel Lanois mm. uh, but not necessarily his albums but the albums that he has produced yes so he became quite a, a famous producer at work particularly U2. on, on U2 mm. and Interestingly, and I think I missed this because it was the 80s, and I kind of have done my best to try and forget as much of the music from the 80s as possible, which is ridiculous, but Daniel Lanois did some of his best production. He's got a particular sound yeah. to him, which I really love. Your song that you did with Neil Solomon yes. reminds me of a little bit of that, certainly in, in the okay. beginning. But two albums... Um, that he produced from the 80s that I've been listening to that I think are incredible is Emmylou Harris's Wrecking Ball. Yes. Which, my goodness, <laughs> there is an album that everyone should listen to at least once in their a lives. A very interesting muso to me as well because she's well, it's such a cliche, but it's a musician's musician. An elder but, stateswoman of... But you can't... 
she's not she doesn't have huge mainstream hits she doesn't no. do any you know but everybody who's anybody wants to play with her that has already played with her once it has invited her on tour etc yeah. etc just incredible yeah and then uh, adding to my uh, favorites um Willie nelson's really never been my cup of tea but now i've uh, red-headed stranger i've mm. loved and i've mentioned before and star dust or starlight <coughs> his albums and then there's one uh, a lanoir produced one called teatro okay also from the 80s which is fantastic and then the last thing I'm going to mention as an honorable mention because I haven't given it enough listening like I'd like to is the new Black Keys album okay. um, Delta Cream mm. which is very very roots blues so they've gone and done covers of some proper old blues things and done a Black Keys and just vibe to in their kind of their very basic two instruments yeah. kind of vibe yeah and see you know well just it's great I haven't I don't want to say too much because I haven't really listened mm. to it enough yet but okay. um, it just the very fragments that I've listened to it's very much my cup of tea and it's great to see a band certainly that I think were the biggest band on the planet for, for like a year or so a few years back um, when they were really yeah. big um, just to do an album like this of just but proper just, yeah, trad it's a, blues in exactly, there exactly but that's why I'm asking about the two because it's it's also you know uh, Dan Auerbach's also a, yes. a, a popular producer for a lot of people etc etc but when they do that kind of stuff it's often just drums and, and a guitar, guitar that's put yeah. through a bucket and you know I don't know I don't know what he does but I saw it's them it's incredibly muddy and disgusting and wonderful yes I saw them um, in London at the Brixton whatever it was um, and it was still just just the two of them I think mm. at that stage I know at some point they brought on a bass player and, and a keys player but I think it was just the two of them still it was really on the cusp of them mm. properly being huge um, and they were fantastic he had sort of three amplifiers a full stack a half stack and a combo sitting <laughs> getting you know progressively bigger behind the sort of baffle this uh, perspex baffle to try and, but um, and and patrick carney the the drummer is fascinating because he wasn't particularly good when i say not particularly good um i don't know that he kept time for more than say four <laughs> bars at a time he seemed to be speeding up and slowing down and whatever but i i think possibly that was Part of the vibe. part of it because they well, the white straps and make make exactly lights, you know, it's just exactly. and, uh, Ringo for crying out loud yeah. doesn't doesn't do anything particularly flashy but he well, does no, what he does very Ringo, well. Ringo, I don't know that you can put Ringo in the same. No, but I mean, breath what, as what I'm saying is, is, you know, he's not. If you, yeah, if he's you not listen to flashy Vinnie Colliotto or somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on and it's all correct, no. but it's but it's, you've got to get your head around it. Where Ringo is going, but da 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 da. Yeah, well, I would on, say this. I thought time. very much the same about Ringo, and uh, since then, I, I I'd heard people say, like proper mm-hmm. people who'd worked with him, like really good drummers, say, say what you want about Ringo, he'll come in, he'll set up his kit, he'll listen to the track, and he will play the perfect drum part mm. and leave like in one take yeah. he's he's probably good and then I listened to the Cirque du Soleil Beatles yes. extravaganza love where they they do a whole album of Beatles tracks but they essentially mash them up so mm. you'll hear mm-hmm. the intro of this and they'll go into that and they take samples of different things and the massive eye opener for me or ear opener listening to that album was Ringo's drumming because mm. they'll take a part that he drums in the breakdown of whatever song and they'll start a yeah, song with that and you're like that sounds yeah, my incredible point is, my point is not that he's a bad drummer no no no, no I hear but what that's, you're saying that's it's not, not a, a, a flashy again, make, make white uh, to, into she is a bad drummer 
No, no, no. But in terms but of perfect for that. In terms of timekeeping, not at all. She was a perfect drummer. She's an excellent drummer, but she never did anything other than keep time. Okay. Um, which I suppose you know, once you're Jack shouting in the front, of, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's distracting. But um, bless you, it's, Jack. It's, it's a very interesting thing that whole uh, Keith Hutchinson, uh, you know, just no, no, monster, St- Stephen. monster, oh, oh. monster uh, musician uh, of Savuka and Hawk and other lovely output but he put up a thing about his favorite drummer i can't remember they were but you know and said oh list your favorite drummers here and just to see who people were right were mentioning because it's one of those things where, when musicians ask you to list things you kind of sometimes feel under pressure to yes i generally ignore that like when you to, invite to me sound to like you know what you're talking about which is what Facebook, we do here, my really. latest whatever um, <laughs> i invite my friend stefan to take part in this really enjoyable thing that i've done stefan ignore completely ignore i don't really do those terribly much but anyway Right, so I've been listening, because again, I don't, I want to, I really want to listen to Everyone Loves Guitar, but I don't want to go and listen to it, and then we end up only having one thing to talk about. To talk about forever. Um, it's so a gateway drug, Bruce. It's, it <laughs> sends you down all things that you haven't discovered. But here's another point, though. When you are now looking for something similar, how many did you start and not find terribly interesting uh, before yeah. you settled on it? Because I, I, no, I was looking now because I thought, let me look for something, uh, as a songwriter, let me look for something about songwriting. Because mm. clearly that should interest me, yes, mm. no? And you go on things, all sorts of things with songwriting, the title or themed or whatever, and you listen for a good 15, 20, 25 minutes. You don't want to just sort of tune out immediately. Yeah. And they haven't said anything vaguely allied to what they said they were talking about. Um, Much like us. No, no, no. Not at all. That's why we said at the beginning, we're going to talk about a bunch of rubbish, and then we talked about a bunch of rubbish. But um, <laughs> but it's, it's very interesting. I, so I, bat- I battled. I really did struggle. Eventually, found something called Songcraft Spotlight on Songwriters. Okay. Um, which See, is a, that which sounds is, good. Which on is a very good one. Okay. Um, run by two guys, and I, I forget the names around, but the one guy is uh, a Grammy nom- double Grammy nominee for uh, L- Sleeve... Hell sleeve, no album or what, what, sleeve notes. Yes, okay. Album yeah. notes. Uh, album so he writes. He notes writes notes. Not the oh the notes. It's, so he writes so about he writes the album. essays. Yeah, or whatever about. Ah, I like that. I'll and read and that there on my vinyl. For that. So he goes. You know, I'm in the least possible, least glamorous possible Grammy thing, but I've done it twice now. You know, but the point is, you, you get the you get the sense that he, he does know. And what the he's Grammy about. for. <laughs> Bits written about the album yes. that no one ever reads. Is, has not bought, <laughs> but uh, is the, it does exist, goes to this guy. Um, anyway, so they, would, they interviewed Jackie DeShannon, which is a name that sort of rang a vague bell in my head. Jackie DeShannon. Um, and I, Sounds like a pimp, I'm going to say, from the 70s. <laughs> Jackie DeShannon. Jackie DeShannon. Um, so it, I hopped on there and I had a listen, and she's just the most wonderful, amazing person. So um, 60s, Christ. came to prominence in the 60s, born 41. Um, and one of the first big female singer-songwriters in, in rock and roll. Huh. So you went just now, I've never heard of her, blah, blah, blah. What the world needs now is love. Oh, I've heard what of that. Needs she was Bert the singer. Baccarat. She was the first singer of that. Um, sure. Put a little love in your heart. What? It's hers. And she sang it first, but she also wrote it. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, that's a fantastic Betty Davis' eyes. Oh, she come wrote. on. Um, all what? of these things. That's that's the thing. So you, uh, you know, uh, fantastic. So many things that wow. you, um, you know very very well, and you've now forgotten. Sure, um, that's those are great tracks. And there, oh, I mean, there were some others as well, but um, I am now looking for something which I can't remember. Uh, but just also the most wonderful sort of. 
conversation humble person okay and yes and a great conversationalist and uh, very interesting a whole thread that she had not an activist at all but it came up in the way the questions were asked and whatever about her being held back by her gender oh um, yeah yeah and just and just not being respected in the way that she was carol king was was part mm. of a part of a, a partnership hmm. um and and got it got ahead a little bit faster no and again there's, there's no avarice or whatever she's not good she loved the grenades etc etc but she was working on her avarice own. isn't avarice uh, greed maybe who uh, knows animosity just, i think okay is the let's word. do that because we can't we don't know words we just say them words um, is hard <laughs> words is hard um but uh just the the amazing kind of stuff because she she wrote a song about buddy holly but you know in the 60s hmm. um and, and that became a hit the day the music no, it wasn't died. funnily enough also about um, mr holly i believe <clears throat> just just got through this incredibly tough time by being good and and lovely and and respectful and respected which is which is a wonderful wonderful kind of way to do things i mean van morrison uh, in the 70s um you know got her to sing on 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 his stuff as you know we know al green um saying a little love in your heart so did dolly parton um she co-wrote with uh, randy newman which is really not a hmm. not a common thing they have a big laugh about it on the on the podcast because randy is uh, shall we say grumpy uh, politely um, very difficult to to write with. Um, obviously worked with Bert Bacharach, Hal David, Bacharach even, yes. and and Hal David. Um, just the most amazing career. Um, and uh, folk, what is the, the sort of also the the guys point out that you know she hasn't really been given the the credit right she deserves. Uh, for, in, in terms of the, the kind of folk resurgence that happened in the in the sixties and uh, folk rock and things as well, um, and again you hear in her voice she's going, oh, guys, that's that's just that's so lovely to hear, um, said by you know, and she doesn't say it, but essentially said by somebody that knows what they're talking about, hmm. um, and so we have again you knowledgeable music person, we have these kind of people swanning around in the background. Yeah. So um, another one on everyone loves guitar was a singer called Christine Ullman who hmm. I hadn't heard of hmm. and. It's been the singer for the Saturday Night Live band forever. Okay. Has toured with Christine Ullman and Rebel Montez, her sort of band, and is really like Muscle Shoals, yes, um, New Orleans, all these scenes. And she is this person that has sung with everyone. Like Alan Toussaint came up to her at a thing and said, "You, you did the best version of the Bob Dylan song I've ever heard." And all and, and uh, you know, she just tells these stories of uh, you know as a as a session singer mm. who who she sang with and the things and the set and you're like wow, um, and she also was asked what's the big most difficult thing she's had to do in her life and she says being a woman in the industry because oh, yeah, it's that time she was born in um, a <sighs> uh, long time ago. But it's just <laughs> she's born in the long she's, time ago. Uh, but it's it's this whole thing. I mean, like she's just, an elderly lady now, so she's um, done the thing forever and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, just again, a woman when, in that when she started, yeah. when she started here, she Eddie Cochran gave her a, a you know wow. big step up early on. Um, for the summertime blues with that Eddie Cochran. Uh, I, I ah, think so. Um, but you know, just had to, yeah, had to just that. find a way through all of this nonsense. Um, needles and pins, she sang as well. Oh, wow. uh, when you walk in the room, 
Um, You'll never walk on pins and so, needles. So she had you know, needles and pins when you walk in the room, both big hits for the searchers. Oh, um, the searchers. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> never you don't know. Chris Hillman uh, was a good mate of hers. Big, she was a big fan of his, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, she's, she's close friends with McCartney and Ringo. Of course. Um, et cetera, et cetera. This, this all is happening in the background and we don't know, largely because she's a woman. Hmm. And that's just stupid and horrible. Jackie DeShannon, um, give her some credit by Good. going and looking up all send of her, her now. envelopes of cash. Um, send her envelopes. I think she's doing okay. I will you. do an update on something. Yes. I sorry. I just want to yes, mention. Carry that, on. Sorry that that podcast again. Songcraft spotlight on songwriters. It is very good. I'm going to find out some more as I listen more to it about who are, who the chaps are. The All right. Presenters. So you're going to be there. We go. Endlessly baffling on about them while I talk about everyone loves guitar with Craig Craig Garber. Um, I finally mm. managed to get the phone answered at Samro. Yes. How and exciting. the young lady how there tremendous. said, finally, yes, even though you applied in January, we have now sorted out your portal, online portal access, and told me what to do, and I updated our publishers accordingly. Correct. So now we so can now start the cash will start in the money. Blowing in. Literally yes. tens of cents might come in. In the next decade. Possibly. Um, other thing I just want to point out musically on uh, Participate, which is my website, brucedennell.co.za, I have a, so, uh, just a, a con- continually even updated page uh, called mus- Music Reviews, the single file. So uh, just reviewing new singles coming out from various people. And so your, your some book reviews are called The Single Pile. Uh, I see what you did there. Um, it, it is. Uh, but So new singles that are, are on there, Justin Sorrell, who you will know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's yes. got a new song called Brand New Day, which is a, a sort of Afro-pop vibe hmm. uh, for a guy with a big sort of country feel, country hmm. rock feel usually, and just a huge, lovely voice. Justin, hello, good day. Um, Brand New Day, well worth listening to. Brandon Murphy, um, Coming Home. Sounds which is Irish. Uh, which Irish. is a sort of very American. heavily produced radio pop that kind of oh, Irish but radio hush pop. and listen chat mm. um, then it's got these lovely little funky guitar licks and drum breaks okay um, guitar licks and drum breaks almost Name like, of almost our like first a, album. kind of Lenny Kravitz kind of you know it's just Ooh. that sort of yes okay. there's this this formula pop thing going on but damn it I'm a musician uh, Stephen Kulo um, who is whiter than that name makes him Kudo. sound? Kudos um, to him. Is uh, he's got a new song called "Your Eyes Through Mine," which is which is very very good. Um, this is an interesting one. JJ Lynn and Anne Marie. Anne Marie, uh, uh, English singer songwriter or English singer? I don't think singer songwriter. And, and JJ Lynn is a Singaporean uh, artist, and they've got a song called "Bedroom," which is this enormous romantic ballad, um, but it's without. The, the lyrics are quite hardcore so almost like a seer okay. kind of thing where you just got this enormous Rosie. sound um, there's it. a chap delivering something um, enormous sound but this it, it just is epic in every way so that's that's okay. worth listening to Sarki which is a a, a a girl band I don't want to say it's, it's, it's a it's a band with women in it Sarki um, okay. and a song they've got called River Blues which is very cool um, Passenger Sword from the Stone these are all reviewed of late upon the single file um, on Participate. That's dental.co.za. Go check it out. Bye. Okay. Very nice. I think that brings to a close our ramblings for today. Yes. 
You can, of course, find us on all the podcast places. If you leave a review or a comment and give us a lovely like and a share and all these kinds of things, we very much appreciate subscribe. that. Subscribe. We'll pop up. We only at, at most we're going to be doing. We do this once a week. Yes. And then if if one of us goes away or. Um, isn't here or something is we'll we'll skip a week It'll but be, it's, it's, it's yeah, less. supposed to be a weekly thing um, you hear all these things like if you're going to have a successful thing you need to twice a week at least I don't know we not as soon as this becomes a chore for us we yes we also yeah. again a lot of the people who tell you that stuff aren't making any money so what, <laughs> what are neither they are we and yes but we're working half as hard as they are true uh, and having a blast and playing tunes upon lovely guitars indeed drinking coffee which mostly stays in the cup mostly right so do have yourselves a lovely lovely week please, yes thank please you for do listening go and support to... things particularly if in South Africa it does look like we're going to be heading into lockdown again at some point oh. soon if there are gigs, I know this sounds sort of counterintuitive because you don't want to go out and hang with people, but if there are a few gigs before that happens, for the artist's sake, please go and support. Yeah, be um, safe, even if other read people things, aren't. Watch things, listen to things. Don't pay any attention to your day job. It's a waste of time. There is no plan. Um, yeah, <laughs> just, just have fun, enjoy all of the arty things, and we love you lots. Bye. Bye.